hearts with a heavy heart that I regret to inform everyone that my Aunt Jenny has passed away. She made her journey to the sand hills a little too soon for all of us. We weren't ready for that. We weren't expecting that. She was a big part of everyone's lives, especially her kids, her brothers, her sisters, me. She's all her family and friends. I used to call her and one time I called, I said, what are you doing? She said, well, I'm just sitting here staring out the window looking at my tree. So, after that I'd call, I'd ask her how she's doing, she said, I'm good. I said, well, how's your tree? She'd chuckle. <laughs> and she'd say, it's good too. And we'd start visiting. I'll always think about that tree when I think about my Aunt Jenny. And I always think about that story she told when she gives the tree credit for saving her life. I'm going to miss those conversations with my auntie. She had so much knowledge. Boy, that woman had so much knowledge. And she was eager to share it. Especially with kids. You know, my aunt recorded two members-only episodes on this podcast with me. And what I'm going to do is release those to the public so that all of us can have those recordings, download them and save them, keep them forever as we see fit. You know, we're never guaranteed tomorrow. None of us. Always cherish your loved ones. Hold them tight. Keep them close. Never take them for granted. Auntie, uh, when you get over there, tell everybody I said hi. Huh? Tell everybody I think about them. And we'll never forget any of you. We think about you guys every day. And someday we'll meet again, Auntie. And when we do, boy, I'm sure we'll have a ton of stories to tell each other. Until that day, Auntie. Until that day. And um, I hear the first officer call out. And, and the first officer jumps on the radio and he screams, Holy sh! it's the goat man. And I mean, it's just like everything went quiet. My, I, I could hear the ringing in my ears and I could feel my heart race and so I hit my light and I went flying up there. I'd been told by some old, older people, elders, that you grab them and you hold them and you, you, you don't own them but you, you hold them there until daylight if you can hold them or pull it in 
pull them into the light. It uh, destroys anything they have, uh, any kind of power or anything that, or anything they were trying to do to you. It'll, it'll destroy them. This guy was like bouncing, like you know, like how you, you see people kind of getting ready to jig. You know how they kind of bounce. Yeah, he was like that way. He was just kind of bouncing, and he was just kind of going back and forth and one foot to the other. And uh, and he just kind of turned sideways, and he turned back over to the other way, and and uh, he took off. Holy shit, he jumped in Wanda. This is Lodge Tales. I'm your host, Rod Williamson, and thanks again for joining us on another episode. If you are Native American and you'd like to come on the show to share your strange and paranormal experiences, please consider emailing us at lodgetales at gmail.com. Well, hello, patrons. We're back. In this episode, we talk about dreams. It's my Aunt Jenny and I, Jenny Many Heights. And we share a lot of our dreams that we've had just to kind of give us example of uh, kind of what we're talking about here. You know, dreams are kind of this... Uh, I guess I would label it as kind of a gray area where you're not really sure. A lot of times they can be confusing. You're not really sure what they mean, if they mean anything at all. You know, for the most part, uh, a lot of people think dreams don't mean anything or or whatever you know they just don't really have an inclination of uh, the power of dreams you know the potential power that they have but we go in and we kind of illustrate through our own dreams and experiences what uh, what some of them can mean and, and what I guess how we reacted to them and largely we're still stumped by a lot of our dreams and a lot of us natives if we have these powerful type dreams we well we talk about them to older people and we try to get them you know we try to look for little answers because some of the dreams will be given guidance on them you know go put out a smudge go put out an offering i mean uh, go smudge go put out an offering or you know pray on this or, or you know just just guidance of looking for answers or what we should do and um i remember like uh people used to go to certain holy people um medicine people and they would tell them their dream and things would usually happen from there like oh well i think you're gonna need to do this you know i think you're gonna need to be I guess just guided, they would guide them on what to do. And we still do that today. And we try to find answers to what these mean. Some people never have powerful type dreams, you know. And others do, and they don't know what to do with them. There's a lot more dreams in there um, that I've never shared. And my aunt has never shared, you know, on a platform like this. And, um... A lot of times people will have dreams and they won't share them with anyone, you know, they just won't share them with anyone. They'll go their whole lives and keep that to their, you know, close to their chest and they won't, 
divulge anything that happened in those dreams. Some of the dreams are just for them alone, you know, especially the really powerful ones. They don't really share that because, uh, well, for whatever reason, but a lot of those reasons are because if they were given a gift, that gift might disappear. It might go away if we talk about it too much. So a lot of times that's what they do. They keep it close and they don't really talk about it. You know, they might, they might say something about it on their deathbed, you know, it's like that. And they'll stick with them their whole lives until the very end. They might think, well, you know how I did all that? Well, this is how. <laughs> and they'll share part of their dream or, or all of it or whatever. But, you know, so those are kind of my understandings of a lot of these these things. I'm no expert by any means. Um, I, I get really confused by a lot of them. I don't know what a lot of them mean even to this day. You know, Jenny and I are going to do another part on dreams and maybe then I'll share some of the more powerful dreams that I've had that uh, still leave me stumped to this day. I don't know what to do with them. And the only reason I would share is because if anybody else had these types of dreams, maybe they could seek out their meanings and uh, and go from there, you know. Because there is a lot of stuff a lot of dreams and a lot of things that happen in those dreams that I suspect were being um, taught something for a reason for the better of your people or, or just the world in general. So I think we are guided by those and we should act on them if we're given those dreams. So anyways, down the road I'll share, share more of what I've what I've dreamt and but I shared some here with everybody and I, I hope you enjoy and get something out of this and I hope uh, whatever you're doing wherever you're at uh, I hope you're having a good day and I hope you enjoy yourself and and all the best wishes and thank you patrons thank you all for subscribing and being a member of our patron channel and supporting our show it really goes a long ways. Uh, it really helps me keep the show up and running and paying the bills for the show. <laughs> it's it's fun doing it. It's an honor to do it. And I really appreciate the help. It goes a long ways. Thank you. And uh, let's get into it with Jenny. Like I say, you know, I tell you before, th these dreams are, to me, are uh, more become reality. Yeah. 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 But, but it's, it's a story to what, how it took place. Mm-hmm. And there's the other ones to it that go to me, it's like they they go together somehow. Yeah. But it, for me, it's real because of what happened in that dream. And after that dream. Yeah. And that's what I have you know, today right in the front of me. You know? <laughs> yeah. So I know 
it's real. It's not something you just make up. Huh? But it, sometimes it's hard to talk to, to people about it because it didn't happen to them. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. So, kind of, for a while, you kind of wonder about it. Why? Why did it happen to me then? Huh? Yeah. But, as long as you have the story to it, you know, you, you know it's, it's something that people wonder about, you know, they dream that different people have, you know, different types of dreams they have. Uh, but <clears throat> this one that what, what I'm talking about is uh, what, um, we know in this some but first of all, what I realized listening to a lot of the stories that our people have shared so far, mm-hmm. it seems like we all go back to tradition and ceremonial life and spirituality. Uh, that's what I'm hearing a lot. We were raised around tradition, ceremony, and what. Yeah. <laughs> that's what it sounds like, you know. We have a similar understanding, which is good, because then I know that I'm not alone. <laughs> well, so we have each other to understand what we're talking about. So okay. with this one, it was when I still lived over in Oregon. It was around, what, 2000, what, 2003? <coughs> I have to go do a mammogram on my left uh, breast because it was swelling me. It really big and it was painful. Mm-hmm. So I made my appointment with my doctor and then she had me go do a mammogram and she <clears throat> wanted to consult with me about breast cancer, which was all signs of breast cancer. Right? Mm. <clears throat> So yeah, I went and did all that, and you have to wait for the results two to three, no, what, two weeks, one to two weeks it was. So within that, maybe the first three days of it, after, you know, understanding what, what they're basically telling me, you know, mm-hmm. and we you know breast cancer, you know, that as women, we don't want that. Um, that's the worst thing to get to. That for us women. Yeah. So I kind of went into this, um, and I got depressed about it because I was thinking on my mind, gee, what's going to happen to my kids? You know, with my boys before I even had my girl. <clears throat> and uh, the mother's worry is, you know, who's gonna love them like I do? You know, who's gonna protect them? So you kind of go into that because you know, when it's cancer like that for us, it's like, see, my life is limited now. Mm-hmm. Kind of went into that, you know, <clears throat> that kind of feeling, and so <clears throat> it was that third night, the third day, that third night after feeling that. Much and here i go into this you know this dream okay to me it wasn't a dream it was real okay 
how it seemed, it felt. Mm-hmm. In that dream, I'm on my knees like that, and I'm gonna hunch over and I'm crying. And I'm in this like a mountain prairie because I could see the mountains in the background, and, and I'm in the prairie. I could see that, and I'm crying like that, really crying you know, because of you know what what's happening, and it's been. I hear this old lady start talking to me. Okay. Mm-hmm. She's asking me in her language, what, what's the matter? My, my girl, why are you crying? That's what she was asking. Like I could understand her in that thing, but she's telling me, asking. So with my mind, I moved my mouth or anything. Uh, I'm still crying, and in my mind, I'm telling her what happened, what's going on with me, and worried about my kids. I'm just crying to her, you know. Yeah. And <clears throat> I didn't look up at her. It's like I, you know, in that dream, like I, I didn't know, like I knew, like I felt like I knew who, you know, who I was talking to, and. When I kind of raised my head like that, and I didn't look straight at at her, but I could see the image of her. She wasn't a very tall woman. And in that dream, when I had my my hands wrapped around like that, I move them forward to because she's like she took something out of a pocket or a pouch something, mm-hmm. and she has her hand cuffed over it and she, you know, pushed them towards me like that. And so I put my right hand up like that and she cuffed my hand. And when she cuffed my hand like that and she lifted her hand off of mine, there's this, it looked like a rock. She placed it in my hand like that, <clears throat> and it wasn't what I could describe it as the same size of a pack of a pack of cigarettes, a one hundred pack of cigarettes, the same same thing like that. Yeah. That's how it. Mm-hmm. So in that dream, she tells me to <clears throat> place it on my breast and to start praying. And and he started telling me how to go around my breast. So I was doing what she was telling me, and she was praying, and she started singing. And when I dreamed, all of a sudden, all this blood comes pouring out of my my breast, you know, but pouring out, you know, hitting the earth like that. <laughs> and. And she tells me not to cry no more, I'll be okay. And before I could even like say anything to her, back to her or anything, I wake up. And it was so real. It, it just, you know, I couldn't get it out of my mind. I couldn't get it out of the state of my mind. That's why I know I'll, I'll never change if the story and that dream of what I've seen and what was given to me because it, 
made me know what I dreamt and experienced. It was it became reality because my results came back as negative after that. Mm-hmm. And but it still bothers me, you know. And I'm thinking, did I just did I dream that, or you know, was that real, or you know, my mind, you know, just. Also, I had to call my brother, and I asked him. Well, I told him about everything, you know, about that dream and about what happened with the result. And so I asked if he could go, you know, visit around sometime and go visit with those elders and all those those uh, medicine people or whatever. You know, he visits with and asks him about that. If for people that have a um, rock that, like, like that size or something that, you know, they use as, uh, like a healing rock or something. And he never really called me back or, you know, just, just kind of went away. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so it still bothers me. I still wanted to know so I called my aunt Ruby she was still here with us and, and I explained to her about about everything that took place and then I told her about that dream and as I was telling her and then everything and she listened to me and she said uh, well you, you know you folks meaning us kids you know, we gotta remember that our grandmother, our great grandmother, Sagaki, was a healer. She was a medicine woman. That's what it sounds like who, who you think, or to describe it. Hmm. I asked her, I said, well, well, what does that mean? I said, when they, like, he put that, that rock in my hand like that, but I didn't give it back to her. She didn't ask for it back. That, that's, that's what kind of bothered me. Yeah. And so she told me, she said, well, it's probably going to come to you. And I left it like that. Yeah. Because I know with us, we all say we were raised traditionally, so we know how to be patient. Mm-hmm. To, to sit, listen, and learn that 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 type of way, have a lot of patience, or whatever, not to have no doubt in our ways. Like I never did, so you know, I I, I held that patience. You know, I I felt well, it was real for me, so you know, I know it. You know, it's there. You know it. So I end up going to back home to go visit, and I went to my brother's house. I was sitting there visiting with my sister-in-law, and my brother comes in like that, and he goes, oh, he said, you're here, and I go, yeah, and he said, that's good, he said, hey, I, I want to show you something. So he went back in his room, 
comes out with his goods, you know. Mm-hmm. He got all wrapped up and you know, puts them on the coffee table and it's enemies unwrapping everything. And I'm still talking with my sister-in-law while he's doing all that. Unwrapping his feathers or what he has. And as I'm talking to her and he, all of a sudden he goes here, he said, this is the one I want to give to you. So I kind of turned towards him and no shit. The same way that in that dream that the old lady stuffed that stone, that, that rock in my hand. Mm-hmm. It's just like the same way fill up, you know, just similar to the same way. Because when I lifted his hand and I looked at it, <clears throat> I looked at it and I started crying. Mm-hmm. And I started crying because there it is. Mm-hmm. And I started telling my sister and well, I said, remember that I was telling you guys what happened in that dream and I said, about if it's right here, right here. Well, he told me he said they went out picking the Niskum rock. And I told my sister, no, the Niskum, they're small, you know. Mm-hmm. They're small. It looks like buffalo. I said, but this one's a stone. It's a petrified stone. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so when we talk about petrified, you think about that was like 60,000 plus years, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So when it come into my hands like that, you know, and that's when I started thinking, you know, man, you know, dreams are any type of dream, <laughs> but they become a reality, you know? Yeah. Well, that's that's one of the ones I share, you know, with with different, um, mainly younger people, because those type of things they they want to hear. They don't. They say spooky stuff is okay, but they want to like hear (laughs) sound that's real, you know, to them. Yeah. And I say, yeah, it's real. So that was one of them. And that's what comes with my, you know, the, the, with the story about what, how that rock came about. My brother is the one that went, found it and brought it to me. Jeez. You know, a lot of these dreams that we have, we, we always have a hard time kind of figuring them out on our own. But over time, they eventually make sense. See, and there's... There's different kinds of dreams. We can have dreams that mean something like that. Or just regular old dreams where it's your, you know, your, whatever happened during the day or whatever you're thinking about kind of pop into your dreams. More like a daydream, you know, doesn't really mean anything. But um, (laughs) the ones that do mean stuff are are a lot different. Like, um, you know, I always... (laughs) Jesus, it's like the first time I'm going to ever share this on the podcast, but, um, I don't know why, but, uh, a lot of times in your dreams, they're, you're, well, you know, they say you're going into their, into that spirit world, you're going into their world, 
when you're dreaming like that and you know they can guide you show you things teach you things and uh, mm. not always do you remember those dreams but when you do they're they're really odd like I have one that I still think about um, so I was all I know is I traveled over there and I didn't do it by myself the spirit came and I was with that spirit and uh, I can't remember all of it it's like for some reason maybe I'll I'll remember it maybe geez even when I die or something I'll, I'll remember it all then but the way I take it is I'm not allowed to remember it all for whatever reason but um this spirit came and he was a little kind of a short guy it's a short short guy and I called him Eagle Boy in that dream I don't know why I called him that that's just what I called him but uh mm. He had a friend with him, another spirit, and that spirit was a magpie. <laughs> and uh, so we were over on that other side, what people call heaven or sand hills. You know, so we call it. That's where I was at. But it was, it was really odd because all I remember is coming back from there, and. He's actually driving me in a car. He's driving me. And in that car, uh, it was one of those long ones, those old, you know, 70s cars that are really long. Uh. Had four doors. And for some reason, I was sitting in back behind that the Eagle Boy, that guy that was driving. He's a little short Indian guy. And um, I mean, really short. About, geez, three feet tall, if that. And that magpie was sitting in back with me and it would just look at me we we talked for a long time but it talked different it really talked different it would look at me and just like move its head and all these odd Jesus I knew exactly what it was saying though I don't know how but it didn't say any words but I knew what it was saying and what it meant huh. and we were over there for quite a while if it wasn't a day, we were over there all day, and then we were just coming back that evening, but it don't get dark over there. It's always light. And so we were coming back, but that's how it felt to me. We were over there about that long. And uh, as we were coming back, I was looking out those windows, that window on my side, and I, we were coming out through this valley. Like, uh, there's huge hills on each side of us, and we are kind of driving down the it was a real road too kind of an older yeah. one but it was a road and we were driving back over here like uh you know he took me over there because you know they say you're not supposed to travel like when you travel like that in your dreams you're not supposed to stay over there or you know i've heard stories of some people just popping in over there and all those spirits yeah. telling them hey you guys you can't be here you need to go back over you know things like that so well, anyways these two spirits were with me, so they were kind of guiding me over. Well, anyways, we were coming back, and I looked out, and and everything over there is so, so uh, beautiful. Um, 
loving. Like, you don't want to come back. And, you know, I've got a lot. I've got family. I've got all these things that I love here. And, you know, it's not like I didn't want to come back. I just don't want to come back just yet. And I kind of wanted to stay a little longer because, well, I don't know how to say it. I loved it over there, I guess I'd say. And, but as I looked out those windows, I could see these trees. And they were so big. I never seen trees like that ever. They were like, uh, I see pictures of those, that redwood forest. There were trees that big, but I mean, even bigger. They were just huge, huge trees, you know, like 100 feet wide. And they were so tall that they were taller than those hills. And um, what was really, what I thought was really cool about it was at the top of this one tree I kept staring at, uh, it was almost kind of like on top of it also had another little forest growing on top of it because there was different kinds of trees growing off of it. And it, it was just the coolest thing. I was staring at it, and I said, are, are those your guys' trees over here? And that eagle boy just kind of spun around and looked back at me, and he said, yep. <laughs> that's how he said that. And I just kept smiling, and I was looking, and, oh, that's pretty cool. But I knew we were coming back, because he showed me a lot of things. And that magpie showed me a bunch of things. I just can't remember it. But um, I was saying... uh. I said, hey, um, geez, you should come visit me more often. I was telling him. And I said, wait, wait, no. I'll come visit you over here more often. You can bring me over here. Well, I want to see more. <laughs> you know, that's what I was saying. Then I, I just kept quiet and I kept looking out that window. And I kept thinking, geez, I wonder how it's going to bring me back. Like, how is it going to be when I go back? I wonder what he's going to do. And, uh. Just like that, in a blink of an eye, it's like I just blinked my eyes, and I was face down on this highway, and it was during a blizzard. It's like I got dropped into a regular dream, you know, like say I was traveling over with him, then I just got plopped into a regular old dream. But um, I was face down on this highway, it was just outside of Browning, like going toward Temed. It was right out there, on that little flat before you get up Spring Hill. It's just right there mm -hmm. where he dropped me off, and uh... He said, um, or I was thinking to myself, yeah, I wonder how he's going to bring me back. And like I came to like that and I, I was like in the push-up position looking on the ground. It wasn't cold or nothing, but I I just stood up and I think, oh, that's how, I, you know, that's how I was thinking like that's how he did that. He said, that's weird. I was, you know, thinking like that still like how did he, how is he going to bring me back? I was, anyways, as I stood up and I looked over, this drift came by like this snow bunch of uh, like a cloud of snow kind of went blowing by you know how that is in a blizzard yeah he stepped out of that like it was just like a door and uh he stepped out and he was looking at me but behind him i could see it was still that place we was at and he said like that <laughs> you know because i was wondering how's he gonna bring me back and he said like that still smiling <laughs> and it's like he just shut a door and that blizzard thing just blew away that he would come out of. It blew away. And I, I come to and thinking to myself, you know, I really felt good that day because of how it made me feel when I was over there. I I felt good the whole day. Mm. Boy, I got up and I start smudging and praying. 
you know, giving thanks for whatever it was that they showed me that day. And yeah. But I still think about it. And those dreams are different than, I mean, you know, all those regular little dreams. Because a lot of times you travel, your spirit leaves, you know, and you, you go places or spirits will come and get you or teach you things or, you know, stuff like that. And there's a lot of that. You know, um, one more story I'll tell you is when my father-in-law told me, uh, this is just to kind of illustrate how powerful dreams are. So this was a while back when they still had wagons and the reservations were just started. And, uh, well after 1855, after we were put on this res that we're at now, but it was after that at some point and... I want to say closer to the 1900s, early 1900s maybe. But yeah. they they went out to get wood in that wagon. They had a wagon, I guess. And uh, they pulled up to that wood line. There was a little boy with them. And he was tired, so he just stayed there by that wagon wheel and fell asleep. And all those men went off to go get wood. And uh, I guess that little boy, he woke up because he seen this Indian walking toward him all in buckskin, just walking right toward him, and, and he said, come with me, he says, uh, there's going to come a time with your people, and there's, there's a sickness that's going to come, I'm going to show you how to fix this sickness, and how to heal it, he says, now come with me, and he started walking with them into those trees, and that old Indian showed that boy a bunch of things, how to do things in a certain way, he showed him, you know, different roots, you know, different kind of medicines, and and he showed him how to prepare it, and you know, what songs to sing and all that, and uh, here that little boy woke up, when those men were just coming back, he woke up, and I guess those men said, oh yeah, he was just running around, you know, kind of panicking, that's how he was acting, saying, uh, you know, give, give me a, give me something to write with, give me a pencil, and a, paper or something, you know, and they finally got him some stuff together and he started writing it all down, what he just had that dream about, well, my father-in-law said that that man, he ended up healing cancer in our tribe for, for a long time, I guess he died in, if I remember right, in the 80s, but that spirit showed him how to heal cancer, and, you know, and, and that's kind of how that goes they can teach you certain things and you know dreams are really really a powerful thing they they show us directions uh, uh where to go in life they show us uh they can give us warnings they can heal us all of these things and a lot of people don't really believe in the power of dreams even our own people you know like they just don't understand that that's really, well, I guess, a powerful thing, you know, some mm -hmm. of these dreams. I have uh, a lot of, a lot of dreams um, when I hear that lady talking to me, like, you know, when I'm cooking, I can hear her talking to me, telling me something. And the same thing, I write it down. Are you nervous and down, but I keep telling you. Mm -hmm. 
I'd read it over and over and over where I didn't have to read it. I could tell it. What she was telling me. At the same time, not what's happening with me. I wanted to to dream to where I went and I went to this big old boulder rock. I'm climbing up this big boulder and I'm climbing up there because there's a man sitting up there. So I'm going up to sit by him. So when I get up there and sit next to him, he puts his arm around me and, and like you're telling me, in these dreams, we're not talking with their mouth, it's with their mind. Mm-hmm. And you're telling me, first thing you tell me is to never be ashamed of who I really am. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a big pond of water in the river. And all of a sudden, he moves his hand towards that water. And this man, he's all in white. With that long, beautiful black hair, hmm. and he started moving his hands like towards that water, and there's the earth inside that water, and it's like telling me what different things were going on, different areas, all over this but and then I wake up out of it, and. That was so real, man. I was cold, like I was going to shiver. Hmm. And it got to where, at times, it's almost like I could feel when I'm leaving my body at that time. Yeah. One time, I seen myself laying under my bed, but like I was coming back into my body. So a lot of things would happen like that, you know, and. Okay, I am sure I shared this one with you about more than one. But in this dream happened over 20 years ago now. Yeah. And I dream about the veteran homes in Brown. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, but in my dream, those veteran homes are there. And one of my family members live in one of the homes. And... In that dream, there was what four different themes in that dream. Mm-hmm. The first one is that there's me and other family members were looking out that that door to that house. We're looking down towards the theater, and what we're looking that way because all these military helicopters are coming in like that, and they have military vehicles up to them. So they're like dropping them all, all over up there and I throw them but and they start moving. And in the same in the same dream it switched to the scene where they're going house to house and they're asking how many adults are in that house. And I always tell people I don't like that part because we were hiding all the children under that house. We didn't want them to know we had children. And then it switches to where like everyone's walking towards that waste center, Glacier Home. Mm-hmm. 
like in that dream, that's the only place we had to go and eat at. And then it switches again where all these cars are feeding out thirsty rocks trying to get you into the mountain. But they have those helicopters that kind of stop them. And then I wake up. Hmm. That one bothered me. Really bothered me. Bothered me for a long time. And when it becomes reality, it's when they were knocking down the top that day, and my my brother White White knocking the top down because we were watching them. And it's, oh, they supposed to build some investment homes. Now, hmm. I shook my head as a no, it's getting too real, you know. Yeah. Hmm. That's why you want to dream there. They're real in a way that you might think, ah, oh, not a dream, but it actually is. You've seen the houses being, were built way before they were built, and then you see it. Hmm? Yeah. Okay, it's just what you've seen in that dream, so it's what bothers me. Yeah, I think about that too a lot. Mm-hmm. You told me that dream, there's... You know, I hope I never see that day. Yeah. I, as in, I hope it never happens. If, you know, yeah, that's just it's pretty unsettling when you think about if something like that happened. That's the only place we would have to run is to the mountains. Yeah. People talk to about those things as well. You know, we just gotta stay somehow. Mm hmm. But another one that, when I was at my brother Philip's house, um, I was going through this withdrawal. I could challenge myself because I had pins in my lower back, and I went through that back surgery, and then it bruised the left nerve, my my left leg bruised that nerve, so I had nerve damage. Mm-hmm. So they had me on 60 milligram morphine, and I was on like eight years or so. Mm-hmm. But I never abused it, you know. I I never took more than what I needed. That's it. It's gone, you know? yeah. But then I decided, you know, that I wanted to challenge my pain. I wanted to see how bad my pain really was without morphine. Yeah. So I, I challenged myself. Okay. And my boys were with me. And so <clears throat> I said, okay, I only had this many left. I'm going to cut all in half. And I, you know, until the last one, and that's it. So it became the last half. One. And by the two days after the last half I took, I was in, man, I was in so much pain. Hmm? The pain I was in. Ugly, I was talking to it. You know, I was telling it to leave me alone. I'm tired. I know you're so, you know, just leave me alone, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and that's part of that wish, you know, you know? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and on that day, I told my son, I said, well, on that third day, I said, you know, I don't know. I said, you know, I'm in too much. And I said, maybe I should just go to the hospital and have to get some shots. You know what? 
And around Browning, you could go look for it, you know, if somebody has it. You know? hmm? Yeah. Anything for pain don't just have to be more. Oh, I could have went to the store and got found, you know, but then my son told me, Mom, you know, if you do that, then everything that you have ever uh, shared with us about and what that you would put doubt in their mind, you know? And I told him, no, I, I understand. I said, I can't do that to you guys, you know? <laughs> so mm. then I can, you know, with that, that challenge, you know, on my uh, Western. So here comes the, th the third night. I told my boys, I, I need to go lay down. Because we were going to get ready to go to Oregon that next day, fourth day. Mm-hmm. So I go and lay down in that bed. Here, I fell asleep. And I heard my kids, my boys, when they come in that room to lay down. Yeah. But they turned that light on and woke me up. So, anyway, they turned it off and I fell back to sleep. Well... When I fell back to sleep, I had no idea that they, they got back up and they went to go get something to eat down at town pump. Okay, I had no idea sleeping. Okay, mm -hmm. but when I was sleeping, I went into this dream that I'm in that prairie, mountain prairie, laying there. And I'm laying there, all these these animals around me, but they were all white. Hmm. And <clears throat> I'm just laying there, I could see the mountains and the background, everything, and and they were like sniffing on my legs, you know? Like just sniffing on them. Ones that were down like the other one kinda of by my arm. Hmm. And <clears throat> when I'm in that dream like that would what woke me up out of it is when they turned that light on. And when they turned that light on, I'm looking at it, wondering, you know, what just happened, you know? Because I didn't know they got up. <laughs> and, and I'm looking at it, I was like, you hungry, Mom? You know, I have some something to eat, and I took it. I sat up, and I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking, well, what just happened? I go, I thought you guys went to bed, and they go, yeah, we did it. We got hungry, so we didn't want to wake you up. And I go, well, how long were you guys gone? And my son goes, what, five minutes? So I'm like, I'm not finished eating, and I lay down like that. And I started realizing I had no more pain. Hmm. Hmm. And my shoulders, there was just a little bit of pain. My arms would ache. My whole body would ache. Make me cry. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So on that fourth day, I felt good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was terrified with my uncle about that happened with that and he told me, he, you know, there's stories about that, you know, or teaching. 
connected to his passion of us. Mm-hmm. Well, all right, well, I know I think. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, that's pretty cool, Ace. They took your pain away. Yeah. They were sharing it from up north and just like, what were they doing? I was like, they were sniffing, they were smelling my butt. And then I woke up, I wrote, pain in my leg, the gone. Hmm. All right, but my shoulder, there was still a little bit of pain in my shoulder. And after that, no more marks, never took it. That's nothing, none of it, no more. I wouldn't take anything that's still permanent in my life. You know, I've had dreams too where uh, they were warnings, but I didn't know what they. Like this one. Oh, geez, this one's kind of personal, but I'll go ahead and tell it anyways. Just, just so. Mm. I mean, the reason why I'd share it is just because. Uh, some people might have the same sorts of dreams and I would just tell you to really be careful and really try and be mindful of your dream and try to listen to it and and whatever just be careful I guess I'd say so so um this dream uh my boy um Ipisuat morning star he was he was three years old at the time and uh you know now he's he's 13 so this was 10 years ago um we were at this to me it looked like it was kalispell fair we were at a fair and i was with my my in-laws and um Rose was just a baby, and Ippy was three, so he was always running around. When he was smaller, he would always take off. We always had to chase him around, and that's what happened in that dream. Uh, I was walking with him in that big crowd. I was holding the baby. I don't know where my wife went. She was. I had to watch the two smallest ones while she went somewhere at that fair. I don't know. We got we kind of separated wherever we whatever we were doing. But I end up seeing my mother-in-law and uh, my sister-in-law too. And I said, she told me, where's it being? Oh, he was just right here because he was. He was just right on my side. I just stopped holding his hands for, I don't know, a couple seconds just to readjust rows. And just then is when I seen her and she said, where's it being? I looked around. I don't know. He was just right here. I start panicking. So I handed uh, the baby off to my sister-in-law and I, me and Annie start looking for for Ippy going all through that crowd looking around hollering his name and couldn't find him and it was odd because there must have been a rodeo or, or a horse race getting ready to happen something because they had these panel fences kind of lining the walkways and stuff and they had it to where they had to chase horses through where the people were so they opened these fences and kind of stopped the pathway off where people walked so they could just run those horses through real quick there's only about like 20 of them but they ran them through and 
I remember standing there just panicking, thinking I gotta get to the other side to go find my boy. I gotta get over there, I gotta get over there. But I had to wait for him to all cross. I was looking for places to go around it. I couldn't find any. Well, they opened it back up and I went running and I noticed this yard where they had, you know, electricity, those transformers and stuff like that. And it was fenced off with a chain link fence. But, uh, God, I... I ran in there and I found, I found him. He was, he got into that, that yard where those transformers are at all electricity. And, I'll just warn everybody, it's kind of a rough image, but I found my boy, he was already electrocuted and he was laying on the ground. And I just said, oh my boy, you know, I just, start breaking down I got weak and I went to pick him up and when I picked him up uh, he was already gone and part of his his head was stuck to the ground so when I pulled him up it kind of like tore a little bit and that's when I woke up it was just too horrible of a dream and I woke up and I was really uh, disturbed by that. Uh, really bad. I was really disturbed by that. I remember going to work and telling my my friend who taught me how to do flooring. I remember telling him that dream. He's oh man, that's horrible. I said I know. I said it's really bothering me. I don't know what to do. But he said that bother me too, bro. He says uh, I don't know, man. Just don't think about it. It's just a dream, huh? yeah maybe you're right you know and I tried not to think about it I, you know I smudged off and everything and asked for help and things like that you know just so it's really bothering me and about two weeks after that dream um, one of my other sister-in-laws was was staying with us and we had an upstairs and I told her, I said, always close this window. Never leave it open if you're not in here. Close this window. You know, we, we always worry about this little guy getting up there and falling out. So please, just close the window when you're not in there. And so, I was downstairs and I was fixing this electronic thing. I don't remember what it was. I want to say it was a surround sound thing I was trying to fix and get it set up or... Or something like that. And uh, my wife was upstairs with her sister. And, and they were just visiting in, in our room. And all those other kids went outside to play. We thought they all went out. I thought Ippy went with them. Went outside to play in that little backyard. Or on the side of the house there was some shade. I thought they were playing there. Or just right out front. You know off the road right in that grass. And we had a little back area too. I'd hear them running around back there like they were playing tag or something. And Well, I thought Ippy was with them. And my daughter come running in. And she said, uh, she said, Ippy fell out the window. I said, what? He fell out the window. And she ran back out that front door. So I followed her. And I was looking around for him out there. I thought maybe he fell out that window out front. No. She ran all the way back around to the back of the house where I could have just ran straight to the 
sliding glass door and seen it, but I went all the way around following her and I seen him laying on that back patio on the concrete and you know he had fell out and hit his head on the concrete and I thought oh my boy just like in that dream it all flooded back to me it, I said the exact same thing I felt the exact same way just like that dream I said, oh, my boy, and I went to pick him up, and his head was swollen on one side, like, really, really bad. And I ran into that house with him, and I started uh, yelling for my wife. I told her, call 911 to get the ambulance here. And, you know, they had to end up, he almost died from Bozeman. They had to fly him to... Uh, Denver to that children's hospital mm -hmm. but on the way down he was his vitals were dropping because his brain was swelling and uh, he had a brain what we found out later was he had a brain bleed on top and then on underneath his brain it like jog just like you know slammed it around in his skull and made it bleed on both ends like that mm. well they stopped halfway down in Casper and you know by then we I had already called my father-in-law had him you know get his pipe and start praying with it and asking all all the other people all the holy people all the medicine people to pray for him and you know I was praying too and everything that's all I could do and they flew out and uh it just so happens that that doctor that was on call was just leaving. He had just got his stuff and he was just leaving. Then he heard another call about a kid coming in with a brain injury. And had it been any 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 time different, that we we probably would have, you know, he would have left and God knows what would have happened. But he stayed and he got suited back up and my boy flew in and he was able to cut out a piece of his skull so he could relieved the swelling and um, from there they got him down to Denver but that saved his life and they got him to Denver and you know did more surgery on him down there and where they cut his head is the same place in my dream where his head tore same exact place and you know he was so pitiful that he like black eyes from it and his yeah, it's, it's probably the darkest days of my life. Because yeah. we almost lost him, but he's still here. And my wife's cousin gave him an aniscum to to help him. Yeah. And that aniscum was sent down with us to to help him down in the hospital. He was down there for a while. And it was really sad because there were people down there that well, they weren't going to get to go home with their kids. Their kids didn't make whatever accident they had. Mm. It was really sad. And that hospital is really a heavy place. But uh, we were one of the lucky ones. And the doctor that did the surgery on my boy said, you know, most people, kids his age, they don't survive this type of injury. He said it's really fortunate that he survived. And they asked if he could be part of a study. As a, as a matter of fact, we got to go back to have them look at him again, now that he's older, because he lived and they want to understand how and 
what happened, what was different, you know. So at some point we got to go back. I want to say it's this fall, I want to say, but that dream warned me. It warned me, but I didn't listen. Now, is that something I could have changed? Could I have changed that fate? I don't know. But had I listened to that dream and I took more precautions and if I had just known what it was, I had no idea what it was going to be. Maybe it was preparing me for what was to come. I don't know. But the fact yeah. that I had that dream before everything happened, like with me, well, I've always known that dreams are really powerful, but to have it right in your face like that is a whole different level. To, to understand and to realize how powerful dreams really are and what they what they can mean you know mm. it's a tough thing to really a hard lesson to learn it that way but that's why I wanted to share it this to, to tell people to try and really pay attention to your dreams if there's something that's bothering you with them go seek out some one of those holy people and have them help you with your dream yeah. understand see if we can understand what's going on with it you know because a lot of times you know especially today you you might have parents that don't even understand dreams themselves like I don't I don't understand them you know I, I really try and struggle with a lot of mine that there's still a lot of my dreams I don't really understand but I know that them spirits in those dreams were telling me things for whatever reason, I, I don't know still, and I wait, and I wait for something to happen with those. To this day, I still wait. And I, I think that's, that's the only part of hard for a lot of us, but like, those old ones were probably gifted, you know? Mm-hmm. You're gifted, and it, it's, um, it's not man that gets that way. It's, when the old one talks to you, right? and for me it's hard because when that happens to me, it to me it, they're trying to show me something, teach me something, something that you know to, to help me to understand and remember. Right? So a lot of these things we don't remember because we were born during this time, right? mm. <clears throat> and it's hard for me to turn my back on. Um, but I'm, because I would never deny it. Yeah. That's how I feel. A lot of these things that we're talking about, what people today are trying to still figure it out. Uh, and I have to have, we all of us, we have mentors. Yeah. Uh, so I get a hold of my mentor. Because my uncle and an old guy up in Canada, you know, because he knows our background, and I share a lot of it, with him, you know? but he understands, you know? so we don't have many real teachers left, you know, there's some that are trying to do, you know, as much as they can, but are still learning, you know? so it's hard for for us, you know? Yeah. You know? <clears throat> Sometimes you don't know, think that I have to... With, with me, I can honestly say 
<clears throat> like people talk about what saves your life and what. Mm -hmm. I, I tell them a tree. <laughs> okay? That's what saved my life was a small tree. We were going down a mile backwards, no break. A little tree saved us from going over, keep going, and we went over quick backwards. <clears throat> that's why I respect the center pole, the tree. That's what saved me. That's what helped me to understand nothing. And without my grandmother, my great grandmother, not my grandmother, before and our grandfather's important. I would not know anything. Because <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. we all kind of have the similar stories and understandings and stuff about our teaching, but a lot of it is spiritual. Huh? Yeah, it is. Uh, and we live with spirits, and we're not even like afraid of them. <laughs> mm -hmm. so, like, you know, we, we can just talk about it share a story and then keep on living in the same house that spooks you all your life. <laughs> yeah. Or the house next door or down the street or wherever. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but that's the good part is that we understand that. But the dreams are very powerful. You know, I'll, I'll share another dream real quick. Um, this one was weird. It was like a, I felt like I, I traveled again. But uh, this was recently, and I think I might have told you this, but I'll tell it again just for the people listening. Uh, so I had to go through this um, this little outpatient surgery thing, but they had to put me under with anesthesia. And uh, from what I understand, you go in anesthesia, it's... You just go out and it's dark and you come back and it's dark and you don't really remember anything or or anything like that. But it wasn't like that for me. I, I just, I don't know why, but maybe others have had similar things happen to them. But this is what happened to me. They put me out and um, they did their thing that they had to do for me. But uh, I just remember my arm hurting anesthesiologist was standing there and they he had this syringe and it looked like milk <laughs> it was really a thick looking thing but they squirt that into that IV and I remember it kind of hurt my arm must uh. have been the extra pressure and I don't know but it almost felt like my right arm was cramping and that's all I remember right from that immediately I woke up and I was laying in the I was laying in this um, fasting circle and for the people that don't know what those are they're they're kind of like, uh, it's like a high ground, but there's usually like, the ones I've seen out in Blacktail, they have rocks around them. Almost looks like a grave is marked out, you know, like with rocks, but it's a fasting circle. And uh, the one I was laying in, all of those rocks were painted white. They were white, and I was just laying there, and uh, there's a great big camp to my left, and I was kind of up on this hill. Not all the way on top of it, but just right there, almost to the top of that hill. It, it was dug in right there, and that's where I was laying. And I could hear all these old women around me. They were all talking. And, um, you know, they were talking Indian, and I could understand them. And uh, But I didn't want to look. 
look at them because you know I didn't want to be rude. I always got the feeling that I shouldn't look at them, you know. And so I was just laying there looking up at the sky. It was really a blue, blue sky. It was, I knew where I was at. I was right outside that big encampment, you know, that's where I was at. So for the listeners that don't understand what I'm talking about, when we say the Sand Hills, it's a, uh, uh, to translate it, it's our version of heaven. It's a huge encampment. It's so big, it's bigger than the ocean, you know, it's, it's a huge encampment. All your relations are there. Mm. And so that's where I was at on the very outskirts of that, because I could hear the big bustling camp. I could hear it all. But I heard those women, and they were all talking, and I seen movement down by my feet, so I looked down, and I seen this woman that was older than me, but not as old as those, those old women, because she just kind of like glanced at me real quick, and I glanced at her, and she was fixing something down by my feet. I don't know what she was fixing. Maybe those rocks? I don't know what it was, but I didn't really look. I just kept looking up at that blue sky and listening. And uh, I could hear those old women talking, and they were saying, um, they were saying, uh, yeah, and this one here, and who they were refer referring to was those people that were in that room with me. There was two nurses and then those two doctors, the anesthesiologist and that other doctor. And uh, anyways, they said, and this one here, um, they're always worrying about stuff. And, you know, and, and they were saying, and it's like that with everybody. If they realize that the things that they're worrying about doesn't matter, they'd be a lot better off. And then I heard another one say, and they don't realize that that worrying, it's, it gets inside them and it makes them sick. It can, it can manifest itself as cancer or as this sickness or that sickness. And... If they just understood what they were doing to themselves and they were making these things important that are not important and they're worrying about them, if they could just know what they were doing, they would be all right. You know, that's how they were talking. They were talking about those people and just as I was getting ready to come back, uh, that one lady said, um, said, you must tell these, these folks what we said, huh? I said, yeah. I will, you know, but I didn't say it like, like, it was in my mind how I, I said that. I didn't talk with my voice. But I told him, yeah, yeah, I will. I'll tell them. And <laughs> when I came to, I I knew exactly where I was at. And every, I wasn't disorientated. I knew exactly. It's just I had limited control at that point of my body. I was just like, oh, cripes, I felt... I couldn't really can you know stand up on my own just yet, but they were just wheeling me out of that room, and it was just those two nurses. And I I told that one, and she was looking. She glanced at me, and I said, uh, "I said I come from this place, and these spirits wanted you guys to hear this." And I said, uh, <laughs> "But they're non-natives, so <laughs> they must have thought I was just talking nuts." And I said, uh, "I told them what they said." They said, they said to tell you not to worry about those things you're worrying about. That they're not important. And um, if you keep worrying like that, you're going to make yourself sick. Just let it go. And, and don't worry about it. That's what I told her. And they just kept 
they start over talking me, talking to each other, and she just glanced down there. That's why, like, they ain't listening. I said that out loud. They ain't listening to me. They think I'm talking crazy. They ain't. I said that out loud. Because, <laughs> anyways, uh, uh, we got back in close to where that room was where my wife was going to come see me. And uh, I, I looked at her right in the eye. And she looked at me and I was glad she kept eye contact with me. And I said, remember what I told you? They told me to tell you that. Just remember it, okay? And they still didn't believe me. And I remember they got back to that room and they were saying, well, just let, just let him be for a while. He's not quite out of his, uh, out of the anesthesia, but it'll be wearing off here quick. And uh, that's what they were saying. And anyways, um, I don't know who they were talking, talking to each other. And next thing I, I started uh, thinking, well, I'm going to get ready and start getting dressed. You know, my clothes are still. And then that doctor come in and he said, uh, do you know who I am? I said, yeah. I said, I don't remember your name, but you were that first doctor that came in here to talk to me before I went back in that room. He said, yeah, yeah, you're right. Okay. Well, he must be all right. You know, and, there's, and he started telling me what the results were, you know, everything. And so he left and. My wife was just that nurse said, Well I'm gonna go get my go get your wife and I start getting dressed and as my wife come in I says, uh, Amber, I went to a place and these spirits are talking to me and I, I was trying to tell these people what they said because that's what they wanted me to do. But they wouldn't listen to me. I said, Amber, they're not natives like us. They don't they don't know this way and they don't understand it and they won't hear me. <laughs> but I I wanted to share that just because of everybody out there, if you're worrying about something, don't worry, you know. It, it might be hard not to, but just don't worry about the things that don't really, that you can't control. You know, my wife told this to me just the other day, you know. Just go with, go with life. Just go with the flow. And if things don't work out, well, they don't work out. Go another direction. You know, try harder. You know, go around try to get to your objective uh, alternate route you know just go with it don't worry don't worry about money don't worry about all these things and just just keep going just be happy and try to live a good life you know that's kind of what i took from that and hearing those old ladies and how they talked geez they made me feel good like i just wanted to stay there forever and keep listening to them because because how they talk they're just so calming and so uh, beautiful, you know, just, I miss that, you know, my grandma's, because I got no more grandparents left, all mine are gone now, but I miss, I miss that. I got no grandparents from my young age, so, but I listened to Dr. Alpha, I was listening to them, would be the first time listening to my own. There, so, you know, a lot of different guys, they have a similar understanding. That's why some drinks are too, like, they bother too much, so I have to, you know, talk to somebody and see if they can help me out. Because some of these drinks are, some are real, some are not real. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so, it depends on what, 
Because they bother you. So you need an interpretation of it, you know? It's almost like you have this drive to find answers. Yeah. Because it's like that, you know? For me, I feel it's like our way of teaching were not written. So it's not go find a book, figure it out. <laughs> you know, all of those societies, all of those bundles, all of these ceremonies that we have, just so everybody knows that those were taught to us by those spirits. We didn't just think them up on our own. They they mm -hmm. taught us how to do them and how they do it We, in our dreams. So yeah. a lot of those dreams and that medicine that <laughs> our tribes have, all tribes, if they have medicine, they got them from those spirits. And to translate that further, just so you guys understand what we're talking about is if I was to translate it into the Western way, I would say um, those angels came and showed us how to live uh, in the way they wanted us to. And they taught us how to heal. And they taught us, you know, the direction to go in life and, and how to guide our people. It's from them, the, the helpers of, of Natusi, of the Creator. They're, they're the ones that come from God to show us and guide us. And that's why we have all of those. It's not something we just thought up or, you know, we're some sort of savage. No, these are taught to us by those spirits. Yeah. Um, if you look at how much of our teaching has, has been lost, it's not destroyed, but it's lost. So mm -hmm. the meaning that a lot of our teachers, our language speakers, our, our advisors, our mentors, you know, how our people live amongst each other when it comes to our spiritual understanding of this world, they, they killed them. <laughs> mm -hmm. so, like, they took our teachers from us. Yeah, so, there's very few that still carry that old, old knowledge. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. why those, those original ones that are not, most of them are not even here anymore, when they would have those ceremonies so that white pastors, <clears throat> as a young girl, what's a little child? five, six, seven years old. But being there, going there with my grandpa and grandpa, but the things that, you know, I thought I was driven as a child when I, I thought I woke up and I'd be sitting there and I'd hear them, you know, talking in a language and, or they'd be singing and, you know, they'd be laughing on the stories. But as a young kid, you start to understand them with their, especially when they're talking about and I remember a few times I just seen an animal come like that and, and sit down and turn into one of our people. Hmm. Hmm. So, so when they were doing ceremony back then, they didn't talk in the fashion of this world in uh, as man, mm -hmm. woman. It, it was an animal. Hmm. So they would explain this world in animal form because all the animals were trading waiting for us. Yeah? Hmm. They were for us, not after. And so then that whole teaching was back whenever 
the animals were offering before that. Huh? Yeah, that's how they learned from the animals. They're the ones that taught them about what was here, you know, before them. Hmm? And every natural thing has a spirit or a life force, and uh, it's where a lot of our gifts come from is those those animal spirits, and not only just them, rocks, plants, certain, you know, there's a life yeah. force in all of them, and that's where a lot of that medicine comes from, or, you know, all those teachings, you know, because they, they take pity on us, as, as humans, yeah. they want to help us, you know, when you go to the western religion, they, a lot of times they'll say, well, if there's a spirit that you see, it shouldn't be here because all the good ones have went to heaven. On our way, that's not how it is because uh, good spirits come back all the time to guide you. That's why it's, I would translate that as angels come. There's different types of angels, you know. They come mm. back to teach you, guide you. That's the only way I guess I could make sense to a, to a non-native, to what's going on here and how that works, I guess. Yeah. You know, because animals, those good spirits from those animals, those are like angels. You know, they, they guide you, give you give you power over their life force, basically, you know? Yeah, or even look at the dog. I mean, the dog comes from the wolf pack. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's stories about the dog, you know, to play our people, even though... <laughs> They say, well, we have two men, but see, those are like almost like your protectors today. Yeah, our people are really the people of the wolf, you know, because the wolf, way back when, is the one that taught us how to hunt, you know, how to go to war if we needed it. They're the ones that taught us all of that to survive, you know, hunt together in a group. They're the ones that taught us that, and we have stories about that. Story yeah. of the Wolf Trail, you know, talks about that from way back when, when those wolves <laughs> came and, and showed the people and gave them all of those lodges to live in. You know, all the yeah. predators come and helped us, and the wolf was chief of them all at the time, those predators. So our stories go back far into in all of those, and a lot of people will hear our stories and they don't understand them because they sound like, well, I guess like folklore or you know how people use folklore in a like as a fairy tale no these are real stories about these spirits that came you know yeah. way back when and they guided us and showed us how to be and how to live and all of these things you know they took pity on us because really man is this pitiful you know we like an infant in this world and and those spirits must have seen that way back when you know because they obviously took pity on us, and we're still here today because of them. You know, all the different animals, like the societies that we have, you know. Like yeah. the, that horn society comes from those buffalo, you know. It's an old warrior society. But just yeah. all of those things are from those animals, you know. We have, of course, beaver bundles, you know, that those, there's a story that goes with that, how we got that bundle, how those beavers took pity on that guy and gave him the bundle, you know, showed him those things. Mm. It goes on and on. There's so many different uh, gifts that were given to the people over, 
over the ages and uh, some of those gifts are still here and a lot have kind of faded away but uh, that's not to say they're totally gone because like I said we're guided by our dreams so all you do all they say you gotta do is go seek it out again which means go fast so you approach someone that knows how to fast you know usually those those sun dancers and uh, weather dancers wherever you you know, them people, you seek them out, they know how to fast, and they can guide you if you approach them. And if you, for some reason in your life, you were meant to go have one of those gifts and bring some of that back to the people, then you will. But if not, then you're, you know, not everybody gets to hold that kind of medicine or be that person, that spiritual leader, you know. It's just like people in a church. Not everybody's a priest or, or a father. Or, or anything like that. No, nobody, not everybody is that. There's just certain few that dedicate their lives to that. And it's the same in our tribe too. All these tribes, it's the same. Yeah. Yeah, but when Natusi wants you to do something, it, it'll make sure you, it's put in your path and you'll become that, you know. But that's kind of how I look at that too, is if it's meant for you, then he'll single you out and you'll, it'll be, you know. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> I tell you that time, <clears throat> I'll tell you one more. Well, with my youngest son, <clears throat> we were, uh, we were at my brother's house and he, he always wanted us to fall asleep before him, you know, he acted like he was scared to you know, be awake by himself. Mm-hmm. So I'm in the bedroom, laying down with him, and my brother had his dog. He was laying down in that hallway, straight across with my brother's room. And that door was open, got a foot open, <clears throat> which kind of see his bed in there. And my brother and my other one was, and my friend was all in the living room. My other son, they were all in their building. So I kept telling my youngest son, you know, don't be crying. You know, you just stop crying. Just to cry at night. <clears throat> it's not good to cry at night. And so I kind of calmed him down, you know, and he's still doing his own sniffling, you know. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, I heard an old man's voice. Kind of come out of that bed, I'm like you know, he he was in that room, but you could hear him singing. Hmm. But the, the song that he was singing, it was more like a like a kid song or something. He was like trying to cheer my my son up or something. Hmm. Hmm. And the reason I knew what I heard is because that dog he, he kind of sat up a little bit like that and his ears went straight up and he's looking in that room like towards that room like mm -hmm. he heard the same thing and my boy heard, heard, heard the same thing mm -hmm. <laughs> right now my son got quiet and I see I told you mm -hmm. did you hear that huh? so then I had my other son come back there told him to tell those guys what just happened mm -hmm. And that, he, he stayed in that house 
you know, just west of uh, the swimming pool right there. Yeah. Remember you came over there that day? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was a lot of things that happened to me in that house. Even <laughs> <laughs> how they, you know, they say, oh, you're not supposed to collect money in your dream. Yeah. But I've heard that before, you know. Well, damned if I was sleeping on that couch. And, oh, I especially was dreaming I was in this big old casino. And I'm playing this machine, and I kind of take that bar and I pull it down. Yeah. And holy crap, all of a sudden the lights come on, and all these gold coins come pouring out that machine. is just freaking pouring out. And like people come over there and they start grabbing those coins and holding them above my head and they were dropping on me. And then I go to grab that bucket like that to start collecting them. There was a lot of them. That machine just kept pouring them out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so they went to put that bucket there and they were just going to touch them. Mm-hmm. And damn, this uh, Phillips dog, my great Phillips dog, he licked my face. <laughs> oh shit, he licked my face and woke me up, man. And automatically, I'm, I'm telling him, damn it, scrappy, I said, what did you do that? He should let me question my women. He woke me up out of you know, a good dream. But then I realized he actually helped me. You know? mm. Don't let me sweat. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so that's how I look at dogs, you know, they, they, they're medicine, you know. Mm-hmm. They know things, you know. Mm-hmm. There's an old story about those dogs when they saved our people from a drought. They dug for water and found water for us. And there was no, no water. Everybody was dying. But those dogs, they went up to that cliff, up to the base of that cliff and dug and got us water. There's another old story about... So, holy man was somebody put medicine on him, but that he was gonna live. But uh, his daughters or his wives are supposed to stay away, stay awake with him for four nights, and it would have break that medicine. Well, they fell asleep. His youngest wife fell asleep, and then he was gonna die, and he knew it. But uh, he looked at that dog that he saved when they're all moving camp. He took pity on that one dog, made his wives uh, take it and take care of it and feed it. He talked to it. He said, you know, why don't you, uh, you know, take pity on me? He says, I took pity on you. Can you help me? That dog just looked at him like it kind of understood him and started licking his toe where that medicine hit him. Hit him like a needle. He started start licking it like that. Jeez, he come out of it. That dog helped him. There's a lot of stories like that, you know, those dogs. <laughs> And everybody's got that one story about when those res dogs walked you all the way home <laughs> and protected you and stuff. <laughs> you know, there's stories like that, too, to this day, those res dogs. You know, they could be vicious and mean, too, but sometimes one of them be right with you, always loyal to you for whatever reason, walk you all the way across town, make sure nothing happens to you. <laughs> yeah, walk you home. Yeah. Yeah, my dad. Yeah, that's smart, though. Mm-hmm. And they used the crosswalks and everything. That happened right in front of me and my brother <laughs> coming down by that college. And they, they just kind of standing right there for that crosswalk. Mm-hmm. We stopped right there. <laughs> and he walked across in front of us. And 
Only in drowning, like they say, you know. Only in drowning, you know. <laughs> Shit like that happens, you know. They they got postmarked to go to college now. Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> they don't want to get wrapped over. That's pretty neat. Well, let's call it a night, huh, Jenny? Yeah, there's a lot of other stories, but I just have to, you know, get my mind open, you know, like opening my own book here. Maybe we'll do a part two with these dreams. Yeah, I remember a lot of them. But yeah, we can talk about it some more, because when you talked about not to worry, how we're told not to worry and stuff, mm-hmm. I always share that one on our next one about when that wolf turned into that old man yeah and gave, gave my friend a message gift to me yeah we'll save that one we'll leave that as a little cliffhanger <laughs> yeah alright alright yeah. alright well good night Jenny alright love All you right. auntie yeah good night till next time alright Yeah, like I said, Jenny will be telling that story the next time we talk. And um, I'll share more of mine too. So, I hope you guys have a good night, a good day, a good morning, the whole thing. <laughs> I really wish everybody well. And um, again, thank you patrons for being there and supporting us. We really appreciate it. And... Uh, until next time. <laughs>